The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Save big money on protecting your garden. Now at Menards. Messina's Animal Stopper is a liquid repellent that prevents pesky animals from damaging your garden. Available in a convenient, ready-to-use bottle. It lasts for up to 30 days, regardless of weather and watering. Save big money on Messina's Animal Stopper at Menards. And check out our weekly flyer on Menards.com for more great deals happening now. Save big No, you clearly like him. You like yeah. him a lot. You yeah. like the tape. You've compared him a little bit to Patrick Mahomes, who we all know your love of Patrick Mahomes. Sure. I mean, it's up right. there with your wife, I would think. You know, <laughs> it's up there. Other people up there. Greater. Uh, <laughs> at times, right? It's for all of us. Yo, 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 yo. What's up? It's Chris Sims Unbutton. Ahmed Farid is here. It's a Wednesday afternoon. We're in the middle of our draft talk, and we will be diving into more quarterback conversations. Patrick Mahomes, my wife. It depends. It's debatable. Depends what time of the week, what season it is, yeah. right? And, you know, I'm at that age now where, you know, the the, the wife, it, it's like she's the king of the household. Have you I gotten am. to that age yet? I'm at the age now. I don't know what it is where it's just like my wife, she's like, she went to like, you're 40, we're 40, and if you divorce me, I get half, you're stuck with me. So I'm going to start calling the shots here yeah. and doing whatever I say. Yeah. And now it's literally like, it's like happy wife, happy life. Yeah, yes, wife. Yes, 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 Danielle. Yeah, yes, yeah. whatever you want. You know, like she'll sell, she'll talk to things like, I know I'm putting you, I'm making you uncomfortable. <laughs> I know I am. She'll like, she'll be like, oh yeah, you know, me and Christopher decided this. And I'll like roll my eyes and she'll be like, what? We decided this together. And I was like, yeah, after seven months of me saying no and you not <laughs> taking that answer. And then, yeah, we decided that we decided I had no other choice but to yeah. say yes. Yeah. That's what we decided. So when you go, when you go, sometimes I like Patrick Mahomes more than my wife. She goes, yeah. And sometimes I like Patrick Mahomes more than you. <laughs> I think it's fair. Like, sign so, me up for that. that, sign uh, me up for that is fair. Exactly right. And then we got my son who likes Patrick Mahomes better than all of us. So that <laughs> yeah. we're, we're and, a messed up family. And, uh, yeah. The one thing we know about your family is the love of Patrick Mahomes that sometimes, you know, supersedes everyone in that family. So, <laughs> right. Exactly. And why wouldn't it? He's an awesome football he player. Is. He is. Uh, but we have some quarterbacks who may be the next Patrick Mahomes. As yes. we talked about last time, we were all together here. Uh, your top five rankings, which, you know, I will say on the, you know, the, the yeah, how did gauge, you gauge of, it. Right. Of breaking the internet? I was scared a little to look too deep into you it. You know, there were a whole lot of people that were like, I'm glad that Hendon Hooker's getting more love. Good. And there were a lot of people that were like, I'm glad DTR is getting more love. That's good to hear. And I, so the hate wasn't as much as I would have liked because you get angry when there's a lot of hate, and I think that's good for the podcast, but I think a lot of people saw what you saw, too. Well, uh, hopefully. Hopefully I opened up eyes. I, I do think, you know, I, that's one thing I will say I noticed, at least from when we released the rankings, is the conversation around those two. Mm-hmm. And I even told you you know, off the air here about some teams who kind of reached out to me about those guys too, a little bit like, so yeah, I think there's going to be, you know, as it goes through in the process here. And again, like we were talking about on Monday, we're early, you know, most teams are just diving in here and just getting a feel. 
You know, I I told you I had one coach that was like, oh whoa, you like DTR? I you know I haven't studied him yet, but there's people in my building that love him, right? So, you know, we'll we'll see where this whole thing goes here. But um, hey, it was a good start, and and that's you know one of the things I do love about the process. Mm-hmm. And maybe I've even screwed myself in prior years because of that. Whoa, this guy totally exceeds expectations, and why? And then I get animated too of why is nobody giving him credit? Yeah, and then maybe I bump him up too far, maybe in prior years or whatever. But these guys, this is why I do it. They deserve to be in this conversation, and they're justifiably ranked there. Not you know, again, I self scout myself. I try not to get emotionally attached or involved that way. Um, but yeah, these are six really good quarterbacks and those two right there have so many things to like yeah. that are starting NFL caliber traits and yeah like I said I, I just would be shocked um, you know that that was cool to see I do get sick of like every time I look on social media it's like Zach Wilson right that's uh, now, now that's oh. become my calling card Zach Wilson right that, that's annoying so I, I don't like that and I want to clap back and be like damn I know I Zach Wilson and, well, and after again, year one, after year one, Trevor Lawrence, not a great year. I mean, Urban Meyer was there. There were other circumstances. And Zach Wilson, I mean, like, after well, year one. What I want one, to say to everybody is everybody had Zach Wilson number two. It wasn't like I went and, like, took the 12th best quarterback and made him number one. <laughs> yeah. Like, the consensus was Zach Wilson was two. Yeah. I made him one. After a year, I was right. After yeah. a year and seven games, I was still right. Yeah. And then shit hit the van. Yeah. I mean, so, and then, yeah, you know, of course, Trevor Lawrence played awesome. So, yeah, listen, as of right now, I'm wrong there. Well, Definitely. Am I Matt Corral? Kenny Pickett? Certainly. Hey, last year was a tough year, you know, and Kenny Pickett did not blow me away. And I should have put more stock into him playing the position the right way rather yeah. than just traits like the other two guys had. Jury's so, still out on that whole class. Yeah, I want to get you. to that here yeah. in a second, but yeah. let's just take a look in case you were not with us on Monday with the rankings that you have for the 2023 class here. And there it is, C.J. Stroud, one. You got Bryce Young, two. Hendon Hooker, three. Anthony Richardson, four. Then you got DTR, Dorian Thompson, Robinson from UCLA, five. Along with Will Levis, you have a tie for five. Yeah. So you got six in your top five here. Right. And then we had a comment from B-Ball0130 that said, that's just a list from reddest to bluest uniform. Changed my mind. <laughs> that's, that's pretty <laughs> that's good. A, that's a great uh, point. Uh, it is. That is yeah, that's how I did it this year. I just said, I'm not sure. Let's go reddest <laughs> to bluest, and we'll be safe there. And yeah. that'll, that'll determine yeah, it Most all. years that works out anyway. So If it was truly reddest to bluest, though, uh-huh. technically you would put the orange guy first, right? Would you? Why? Right. What? No, because red is more red than orange <laughs> right so it'd go red reddish and then yeah the color wheel as pete says here i don't I think, know why i feel like orange should become before red like it's got only got a little red in it so it's getting there to the more red <laughs> this take is more controversial than your I quarterback think we should rankings. release it on twitter if we were going red as the bluish should the orange no. guy be first or third no no no, no. you're gonna that's a landslide right is orange more red than red that's just listen to yourself right now this is insane <laughs> well orange is not red or blue okay so that's what i mean it's gotta have a little what is orange red and yellow mixed together yeah i don't know where it goes in the spectrum of red to blue that's a great Morgan, question do you know what i'm saying but 
And I do know that it's See, not more Morgan's red than with red. Me. She thinks that orange is lesser yeah. red than red. I'll give you that. I don't know where it goes in the spectrum. It is not more red than red. All though. right. Well, uh, hopefully the homies can help clear that out. Guys, with miscellaneous non-football tweets at us, tweet us your perspective on that one. Well, this is why I like to do it, too, because we do want to get the homies' reaction here because this is a show of the people. You know, in every draft season, it is about the people talking yep. and about consensus and, and who thinks what. And are we all thinking the same things? And I am fascinated by this every year. And so for the first time ever, I've kind of gone back and I've looked at what does the group think going into the draft? Right. What do the NFL teams do? Right. And then what are the results of that? Yeah. Because I think that's constructive. It's sure. like, how good are we at this? Right. And uh, it, it, we all do kind of coalesce around the same ideas. You obviously push back on that, which is, I think, why you're so popular and why you're so good at this, is that you don't get caught in the group think. But I kind of wanted to go back and look at some of these consensus. So real quick before we... Get into the homies' questions yep. before we get into some of the, the traits of some of these quarterbacks once again. Can we do power to the sheeple? Yeah, let's power do it. Power to the sheeple. Power to the sheeple. We go back and we look at draft consensus. So let's go back and look at last year here first because uh, this was, as you've already mentioned, a tough draft class to evaluate. Malik Willis was the consensus number one. Yep. You had him number two. He was drafted third. Overall, Kenny Pickett was the consensus number two. You had him third. He was drafted one overall. I think a couple interesting ones in this one. Yeah. Carson Strong, you heard a lot about him. Sure. You did not rank him. He was consensus number six. He was not drafted. Right. So NFL teams saw something that the draft prognosticators did not see yep. with Carson Strong. Right. And then, of course, Brock Purdy was the consensus 14th quarterback. No one was on him. 49ers took him as the ninth quarterback. He was the last player taken yeah. in the draft. Right. And obviously we see what he turned out to be so I think more or less like honestly Chris I think we could get to the end of this you know five ten years from now and look at this class and be like they were all all these quarterbacks were about the same and no one was a superstar well it could be it could be Kenny Pick is certainly looking like the clear leader there right now right I mean Malik Willis we knew he was raw and had some big time traits and you know this he struggled last year and the opportunities he did get and then that was a tough you know situation to be thrown into there you know, Matt Corral, again, I, I love the physical attributes. You know, and again, as I, I'll defend myself a little here. It's just I'm all off of film, too. It's just I'm not into the off-the-field rumors and all that type of stuff there. But, yeah, it was an underwhelming class last year. It definitely was. Pickett's shown that he can play the position the best and do a lot of things, but I don't think he's also shown the he's a superstar, oh, wow, like – but, again, you don't need that to be successful and be good in the NFL and win games. And right. They liked what they got there, and he certainly showed us that he's worthy of being a starting quarterback and got potential. The 2020 class, yeah. Joe Burrow mm -hmm. was consensus number one. He was your number one, and he was drafted number one. So right. there was really no debate there. We were all on the same thing there. Yeah. The NFL teams agreed, and I think that has worked out so far. Now, it's interesting. I think this was a good year for you because – you know, the consensus was that Tua was going to be second, yeah. and you had him third. You almost had him fourth right. at a time there. I think yeah. you had Jordan uh, Love. Early on, over. I had Jordan Love in front of him, right. He was drafted second. I think we've seen at this point, because you had Justin Herbert as your second quarterback, I think we've seen I, I, even the diehardiest of two and on fans out there would see that Justin Herbert probably is the is the guy over yeah, sure. over Tua there. And I th also thought it was instructive, Jordan Love, and you were higher on Jordan Love than most. Yeah. But I forgot that he, you know, he was consensus fourth quarterback in right. that draft. It wasn't crazy. Right. And he was drafted as the fourth quarterback. And, and then Jalen Hurts, of course, fifth. And so I, I thought that was good for you. You made the distinction between Herbert and, uh, and Tua. And I think that's yeah, know, the thanks. test of, that could hold up the test of time. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, again, that's, you know, Herbert, the, the physical qualities were there. You know, the decision making was there. 
the accuracy was there, everything was there, other than that it wasn't big stats and didn't necessarily mean win games. And, you know, that's where, you know, you, know, you, you try to decipher. It's where I think people make, you know, wrong decisions at times. They get too caught up in that. But, yeah, yeah that was an interesting class. I saw Jordan Love's potential and loved it. Right. My dad was the one that really got in my ear going back to the time and going, hey, I see his potential, too. I like it. But are you, can you really say he's better than Tua right now? And I was like, you yeah. know what? You're, you're right. I'm falling a little too in love with what it could be. Uh, and that's where I readjusted myself. And that's, you know, part of this process, too, is that fine line of wait, the potential ooh, or wait, it's too raw. And I can't totally bet on the potential because that's a lot of work to get there. Yeah, and that's what you got to kind of decipher through this this process. I'm so curious this year because yeah. you mentioned how quickly things can change right. with you know Zach Wilson, Trevor Lawrence. I'm curious, like if Jordan Love goes out there and he's been learning under Aaron Rodgers for a couple of years sure. now, if he goes out there and I don't think you know like like I've said with 2022, the jury's still out yeah. on this 2020 yeah. class, right? Um, and one more I want to look at before yeah. we get into some of the traits of our current quarterbacks here is 2016. I thought this was an interesting draft. Cool. And this one pretty much went chalk. You had Jared Goff, who was the consensus number one, drafted first. Yep. Then you had Carson Wentz after him. Then you had Paxton Lynch, who the prognosticators thought he's the third best quarterback. And the NFL agreed, and they were both wrong yeah. on Paxton Lynch. Uh, I thought it was interesting. Connor Cook out of Michigan State was the fourth consensus. NFL was a little wiser there. Took Definitely. him as the seventh off yeah, the board. Right. Um, and then you also had Dak Prescott in that draft, who was yeah. the consensus sixth best quarterback in the draft. Not as low as I thought. I always kind of yeah. thought he was more off the board maybe, right. but he was still in the mix. Uh, he was drafted as the eighth quarterback off the board. And then, of course, the New England Patriots going off the board as they do many, many years with Jacoby Brissett, who was consensus 12th best quarterback. They saw something in him. They took Definitely. him as the sixth quarterback off the board, and he has had an awesome NFL career. So yeah, that, that was uh, that was I was you know getting involved in that process a little bit during that time. Really, mm. hey, 2015, that would probably be my first marquee draft of where I said no Derek Carr over Teddy Bridgewater, Johnny Menzel, and Blake Bortles. Right, Ooh. that would be the first one. 2016, I had Carson Wentz one, Golf two, right. I think I had Paxton Lynch three. I'm pretty sure I had Jacoby Brissett four, mm. maybe four or five. I, you know, Jacoby Brissett, again, he fits, you know me well enough to know, he fits what I like. I yeah. mean, big, strong arm, right? So I saw that, and I went, well, he's going to fit in a lot of offenses here. I don't know how good he'll be, but with this group right here, right? And then Dak Prescott was the one where, you know, I talked about him a little in the process. He was one of my first to really pound in my own brain of, competition your team compared to their team stats wins losses don't be so fucking obsessed with that mm -hmm. that shouldn't be the reason of where you rank the quarterback that was one of my first come to moments after my playing career was over to go because I had a lot of people go how'd you miss on Dak and I was like man I liked a lot about Dak you know but I think I put the team's troubles on him a little too much, and that yeah. led me to yeah, ranking him too low in that process. You go never again, and then one day a Patrick Mahomes type goes through, and you watch his tape, and you go, you know what? He's awesome, even if his team's not awesome. It's exactly right. Uh, and, and maybe that was part of my jump off because it was the next draft, the next year, yeah. you know, where I you know, went, went down that limb of Patrick Mahomes, certainly. And, uh, yeah, that was, that was a good one. And you have Dak to thank here. Thank you, Dak. All right, Pete. Uh, Pete is highlighting in our rundown right now. It is now time to go to the, uh, the traits of some of these quarterbacks because uh, before like we this. get to the homies and, yeah. and pushing back on some of your rankings, because I think that's good. You know, it's like 
it doesn't stand up to the rigors of the questioning from the homies, sure. right? Your 2023 rankings. But let's go through and, and kind of get a better idea of what you think each of these 2023 quarterbacks does well. Right. Who's the best at each of these traits? I think and it's so, a good exercise. I like this. This is a good exercise to kind of pin down exactly what these guys do well and what they might not, not do well. So let's start with uh, accuracy. Right. And that's always a big thing. You hear the debates out there. Oh, Josh Allen uh, doesn't have accuracy. Or is it just that he throws a million miles an hour and his receivers can't catch it? Uh, who has the best and who has the most concerning accuracy among the quarterbacks in the 2023 draft class? Oh, that one to me is C.J. Stroud. For best. sure. The best. Yes. Uh, I, I think when you, when you break it down, you know, intermediate, deep ball, short passing game, on the money. You know, touch throws, power throws, you know, people around me on my back leg still can put it in a really positive spot. That's where I look at him to be ultra, ultra accurate. Now, hey, listen, some nuance there. Bryce Young and those 5 to 12, 10 to 12, 15, you know, 5 to 15 yard range, definitely in that class, right? Mm -hmm. Definitely. And maybe even has a little bit of an advantage in some of the quicker throws where I go, oh, well, maybe he is a hair more accurate than C.J. Stroud, but not by enough to where it makes up. And then, you know, where I've got into you with Young, who's extremely accurate, it is some of the power throws when you got to put a little oof into it that he can lose control of the football at times. So that's where I would go C.J. Stroud. Um, Hooker and DTR in that conversation, they are. Hooker... Certainly, but not quite up there to that capacity. And DTR, same thing. Uh, It's close, but not quite in the young C.J. Stroud. And I give Stroud the the ultimate accuracy, you know, award there. I'm getting the feeling as we go through this, it's going to become very obvious why you like C.J. Stroud so much. I mean, you did call him like a a perfect prospect. He's really good. Well, I think what I'll see, and then we'll see here. And and again, I didn't map this out. I I know what we got coming here. And I already know where I kind of got these guys as far as these departments are concerned. Concern, but I think what we're going to see here as we go is that yes, yeah, C.J. Stroud's not going to be low on any of them. Yeah. That's another. That's one thing to you know watch as we go here. Most concerning accuracy. I think that if we're going to go there, I mean, you're going to Richardson and Levis, okay? And yeah. I would say Richardson probably as of right now, just because you know there's and, and Levis isn't far behind they both they're too talented to miss too many throws you know to miss some of the throws we've talked about yeah. right and you know they both have some mechanical issues that I don't love but yeah, yeah I think that Richardson right now maybe has a little bit more meat left on the bone in that department yeah you know and, and but, as we go through these two I mean I think we want to emphasize again these are the best of the best right exactly so if it's right. like most concerning it's like most concerning of the best of the best and so uh, and if there's if we get to one of these categories where you think like I'm not really that concerned about any of these top five quarterbacks in this category I think you feel free to say well, that. Well, I, I will say in this category here I, I'm not like See, the thing that I will like about Levis and yeah. Richardson is that there, there is no – I'm not overly concerned about it. Sure. It's not as good as I would like, right? But they are both natural enough throwers to where I go, if they get around the right people and taught just one or two things, yeah, they're going to be able to fix these issues right? to where it doesn't like – I don't go, oh, wow, you know, you got to drop them off the board here because it's such a big problem. It's not to that extent. Like so, you said, it's yes. best of the best we're talking here. And they both excel more in the arm strength category. So who has the best arm strength 
in your mind? I'm kind of curious to pick your brain about this, too, because yeah. there's arm strength, and then there's, like, usable arm well, strength, right? right? That, that's right. Well, when you go just go sheer power, you're going you're going Anthony Richardson, okay. right? And then behind that, you're going Will Levis. The sheer power, yes. I mean, and then, of course, I mean, Richardson wins, though. Richardson makes a few throws where you, you know, you got to rewind the tape and go like, what, did he really throw it that hard? Or did that ball really travel that way and get into the receiver's hands? Wow. Like, so that, that is where he does win that. Now, you know, the nuance to that conversation, you know, because like I said, I think if you took like Richardson's five best throws and Levis's five best throws, they might make us say, wow, more than anybody else in the top, you know, six quarterbacks, Mm. right? But I think also, too, if we took their 20 hardest throws, right, the throws would be like, oh, they threw it as hard as they could. Ten of them might be really good, but the other ten might be off target. Where I can get into C.J. Stroud and go, yeah, it might not quite have the miles per hour, but on those 20 where he threw it as hard as he can, could, he was all over the strike zone, Right. The worst one was like, oh, just a bit off the plate. You know, could have been a strike, could have been a ball, right? I mean, that, so that's where when he steps on the gas, that's where I do love him. He never loses control of the football. But just as far as pure power in his arm, yeah, no, he's not there with Richardson or Levis. Concerned about the arm strength for any in your top five? No, I only, I only get concerned a little with like – you know, some of the things I talked about, I think, with a little with Bryce Young, mm. that, that I, like back shoulder balls, you know, 15, 20 yards down the field, they're outside the numbers, we're by the sidelines, right? A lot of these guys can do that with ease. It's really one of the least impressive things he does. It's very rarely complete, right? Cover two hole shots, things like that. You know, so, it, yeah, his ultimate elite arm power strength yeah that it bothers me a little bit i'm not going to say it's a concern got though. it got yeah. it how about the mahomes magic yeah the versatile arm oh. angles the Ooh. sidearm Ooh. the over the under the arm of a outstretched defensive tackle right that's a good way to say it. the the mahomes factor that's where bryce young wins mm. bryce young wins that for sure you know that's where he's as slick as i've seen coming out of college just with that stuff yes sidearms cockeyed throws you know you know, leaning back and throwing sidearm, you know, like I talked about the other day, like the quickness to get it out of his hands on a slant or a screen and just the way he can do it. And then also the element of like kind of running or moving and then just seeing a guy come open and going, well, I don't know where my feet are, but I'm just going to get it up and get it out and get it to the guy. He's he's magical that way. That's this is where the guy is like I go into the the natural or the guy that can play the position. That's where he's just got a great feel, and uh, you could tell he's thrown a lot of footballs and played a lot of backyard football in his life because of that. Do you think that's a necessity? Yes. Now for quarterbacks to yes. have you do. It's a necessity. It is. Now there's some, you know, hey, you get on a few teams, great protection, teams awesome. Okay, it's maybe not as necessary, you know. A guy like Hendon Hooker, who's really big, maybe not as necessary because he just, I'll throw over them. I got a high release and I can do that maybe a little bit more. But as for, yeah, for kind of a broader statement, as, you know, diverse as the offenses are with the quick throws, the screens, the RPOs, as good as the defensive linemen have gotten, you got to be able to. 
you know, change some release points and be able to throw the ball from some awkward positions this day in the NFL. There's just there's too many games, even with good football teams, yeah. where I go, oh, look, this team's good. And the quarterback really only threw from a perfect pocket like six times out of 30 throws for the day. Everything else was, oh, he had a shuffle here, move here, or, you know, step up and kind of be on the run or whatever. And you, it, it's just more a part of the game than I think maybe we even all realize as we're watching on TV on Sundays. So the one guy you'd like to see it a little bit more, would it be Hendon Hooker even though yeah, he's Hooker, tall that, and doesn't right, need to maybe right. as much? But th- th- that is a part of his game where, yeah, love to see a little more bounce in his feet, few more cockeyed, you know, feet throws, sidearm, stuff like that. And even even the quickness of his release at times. He can throw screens and he just stands up straight and he throws it. It's not slow, but you go, you're a better athlete. You could do that quicker and sexier and get that ball out there with a little more pace and accuracy. And that's, again, where, you know, coaching and being pushed and you know, no one's really ever taught me that. Like throwing screens to the receivers and bubble screens. Nobody ever taught me one fucking thing about it until I got with Josh McDaniels in Denver in 2009. Wow. He taught me a little trick, and I went, oh, shit. What was the trick? Well, he basically, like, get the ball like you're a, like a, you know, you'd get the ball in the shotgun, and you'd get it, and you'd try to flip it around your hands and throw it out there, right, like the traditional way. Right. He would, he kind of taught, like, Take it, get it into your gut a little bit, almost like a, a shortstop or a second baseman, and that'll just give you the rhythm to kind of kind of sling it out there quick. And then as you kind of got that underneath, got used to that, then you can start to speed it up. And okay, now I got it sidearm, and I got a. It was just one little coaching wow. point that gave me a rhythm and a thought that I went, ooh, this makes it easier. So it's almost like receiving the snap is part of your motion. Exactly right. Wow. Or even almost like now what we see, almost the faking of the running back on the RPL. It's almost like that, except yeah. you're just not sticking it out there quite as long. But that gave you a little rhythm and timing with it that allowed you to you know, shoot it out there a little quicker. And nobody had ever taught me or said anything like that to me to that point. I wonder what, how he learned that. What, what? I, well, I know. And that's, you know, of course, well, when he starts off the statement of, you know, this is what I did with Tom Brady, you're like, huh? Okay, yep, what? <laughs> I'll, I'll write it down. Yeah, what did you yeah. do with him? Yeah, <laughs> I'll, yeah. I'll do that. And hey, this is what we taught Tom. This is why he was so good at it. And you're like, oh, shit, okay, yeah, this works. I like this. <laughs> uh, Tom was pretty good in the pocket, yep. sensing pressure, <clears throat> moving around in the pocket. Of these quarterbacks, who's best at that? Yeah, this is a this is a tight one, and there's some nuance to this too. That's where uh, this is again. This is where I'll say Levis is the worst in this department. Okay, all right. Now, even saying that he's the worst, though, if we were going to broaden this pocket thing out, you know, if you if we added the element of we'll stand in there and throw and get his fucking head knocked off. He's pretty high up in that department, yeah. right? Yeah. So that's where, you know, even though he's the worst as far as moving in the pocket, sometimes he drifts into trouble, sometimes he fades away for no reason, stuff like that. Man, even though he's going to be the worst in the department, I'm going to tell you, as far as standing in there being tough like an NFL quarterback needs to be, right. he's really awesome in that department. So depending on what we mean by this question, it exactly. changes your answer. Yes. I th- exactly yeah. right. Yeah. You know, I think overall here, though, this is where I will go with C.J. Stroud again. I will. Now, it's it's close. Because Bryce, that's one of the biggest things you see about Bryce is, man, he manipulates that pocket so well. He does. He really does. And then his ability to make people miss and all that. But presence is also presence. Pocket presence. And there are times 
that you've heard my concern where I go, things get a little tight, and his presence and my confidence in his presence to make that throw with people bearing down on him and things getting a little closed quarters there, mm. that's where I'm going to give C.J. Stroud the advantage because he is – him and Hooker are unaffected by that. It's like there's so many throws where you go, they're fucking fearless. I mean, they're about to get killed, and they don't even blink. They don't even know the guy's about to kill them, even though they do. So that's where I give it. And then there's a lot more of a subtle sliding and moving from them that, again, I think if we watched film together, you'd go, oh, damn, yeah, you know, I I watched that game on Saturday back in October. I didn't really realize how many times he made a little move or just slid in the right spot to make the right throw. So I'm going to go C.J. Stroud there. Young is too. You're right about that. Yeah, I told you my little concern. Yeah. But, yeah, him finding soft spots, sliding in the right area, you know, like I talked about on Sunday, kind of running up into a hole. Oh, wait, the crosser's open and just letting it go, right? He's great at that stuff. Mm. He is. You know, Stroud has a little of all of it. That's where I like Stroud in the, in the pocket. Hooker is more of like, I'm just going to stand here and be tough. Richardson is good in the pocket. And to the point where, like I said on Monday, sometimes I go, no, get the fuck out of the pocket and run. You're too good of a runner to just stand there and keep going, he'll come open, he'll come open, right? But he has a great feel for it, and he's unaffected. You know, so it's a group that's all pretty good in that department. I wish yeah. there was a little more from Levis, but I'm going to give overall – yeah, the C.J. Stroud, the uh, the advantage in that department. And you have compared C.J. Stroud to Joe Burrow, who right. I think in your years of evaluating quarterbacks, is Joe Burrow number one as a, like a decision maker yes. in the pocket? Yes. Anticipation? Definitely. All right, so who in this draft class is most like Joe Burrow as a decision maker? Is that C.J. Stroud once again? It's those top two again. Yeah. I'm, I'll give I'll give Bryce Young the edge here. Okay. I will. I mean, Bryce does some things that are a little like Joe Burrow, where you're like, holy shit, he saw that fast. Whoa, I didn't even see that. I'm watching film. He got it up and got into a hole, like, right away. Like, I don't even think the receiver was expecting that. You know? You know, his ability to go through reads and get to the right spot quickly is really special. C.J. Stroud is very good in that department, too. And where C.J. Stroud furthers it and is a little different is that, you know, it's like one aggressive throw to another aggressive throw decision. Uh, Bryce isn't always like that. Bryce might be a hair more conservative where he goes, wait, aggressive throws that open. Let me just look to something here and just get five yards so we can be in second and six, second and five, and move on that way, too. But, yeah, his, um, you know, his smarts are, are certainly one of the greatest qualities he has. And it, it jumps out when you watch their offense and watch him make decisions on a play-by-play basis. All right, so who is the dumbest quarterback? <laughs> no, who, who doesn't work through their progressions and reads maybe as quickly as you It's the two so you would think. You know, you know, Stroud, Young, Hooker, and DTR are all really good in that department. Okay? Richardson... Hey, he, we have moments in games like I talked about where you go, damn, he's on the money and seeing the field great. But then there's other games where you go, I'm not sure what he's looking at or what he's doing here. And there's a little bit of that with Levis too. So I would say in that department really, probably Richardson's still the least in that department. Uh, but it's not by a ton. It's not. And it's not to like a point where I'm going, oh, man, this guy, he can't do it. He can't play quarterback. 
So that's, again, I want to make sure we emphasize that to your point. This is the best of the best we're talking about here, yeah. right? In his progression as a quarterback, he might his, be ahead of the curve, right? It's like it's like cause he's he early the, stages. Right. Yeah. He's early stages. He's just getting used to things. Yeah. See, that's the beauty of him. And that's where a lot of this is going to come down with him is just about the human. Because everybody's going to see this, the ability. It's just going to be like, you know, I, anything I've heard is the kid's a good kid. He loves football. You know, now can that be portrayed to the rest of the league and the coaches and everybody to where they go, yeah, there's raw, but damn, he's smart. We taught him something. He gets it. He knew it right away. You know, I taught him something about throwing and he picked it up right away. Just like Josh McDaniels taught me about the screen. Right. As long as you got that kind of guy, then you're willing to deal with some of the rawness. And I think that's the kind of guy he is. But yeah, he's probably, he's the least in that department right now. You go, he's a good kid. And then he walks up, he's 6'4, 244. And you're like, you go, it's a good man. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, grown man at this point. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. Ready for a new and exciting career challenge? At DHL Supply Chain, you're part of a team committed to creating innovative solutions for some of the biggest brands in the world. We're recognized as a best place to work, where people are valued, supported, and respected. DHL Supply Chain is hiring for a wide range of salaried operational and functional roles. Previous experience in logistics is welcome, but not required. All opportunities, no boundaries. DHL Supply Chain. Apply today at joindhl.com. Dive into the start of summer at Whole Foods Market. Check out their summer splash event with sales on fresh organic produce, organic strawberries, and a fan favorite sale on Ben & Jerry's and Talenti. Explore deals on grill-friendly meats like organic air-chilled chicken breast, beef and chicken kebabs, all with no antibiotics ever from our meat department. Plus, grab easy sides from prepared foods and cool off with refreshing drinks. Kick off your summer and shop in store or online at Whole Foods Market today. All right, a couple more categories here, and this is good because mm-hmm. we're kind of nailing down exactly what you saw with some of these guys. I don't think we necessarily went into it this deeply on some of the skills and yeah, traits right. on Monday. Uh, how about throwing on the run? Yeah, this is you, Bryce Young. Accuracy, so this is like accuracy on the run right. is what this question, and this, so yeah. this is Bryce Young. Yeah, this is Bryce Young. Okay. You know, that's where he, like we talked about, is special. He is. Um, and, you know, Honestly, second in that department is C.J. Stroud. Yeah. Stroud is not as sexy and doesn't have quite the different releases and all that. But, man, Stroud on the run is like it's automatic. You know, so I love that. Right. Mm -hmm. But Young is automatic, too. And then Young has, you know, no look sidearm. I'm looking over here. And the last second I came across the middle to get him on the run, you know, does have the different ways he could throw the ball when he is running, and he's even really good to his unnatural side, running to the left and throwing the ball that way. C.J. Stroud, very good in that department. You know, Hooker, Richardson, and Levis have a – Richardson has some wow throws on the run. They have at times they try to be too quarterbacky and get over the top of the ball. 
and that can lead like when you're on the run, you can't think I'm going to get over the top of the ball. You're running, and if you want to be able to create it, you got to use the around to create that torque to throw the ball down the field. And that's where, you know, Stroud, Young, and DTR, I think, are better than the other three in that department for Got sure. It. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. So you can split it right in half. Yeah, in top pretty, six pretty right much. There. And I'm going to give, yeah, Young the, the lead there and Stroud second and DTR third. How about uh, kind of related to this? Yeah. Playmaking off script. Right. So when the play breaks down and you got to make something up and what your coach wanted to happen doesn't happen, who do you want taking the snap? <laughs> This is this is one where the, the this is like I think I'm into the Richardson DTR Bryce Young conversation here, right? Uh Stroud, this is not like this is the thing we want to see more of, right? I think there's there's untapped potential here. We've gotten to see that he can do this and he does it a little bit more than people realize, but not a ton. Young wins this. Mm. Young wins this. I mean, now, again, some of this is a little bit of our conversation of, like, I don't know if he's going to have these luxuries if he's not at Alabama, yeah. right? And that's what you got to decipher because t- he drops back. There's nobody around him. Nobody's open. Okay, he runs to the left. Still nobody around him, but nobody's open. Oh, wait, now somebody breaks through. He makes the guy miss. Now he runs to the right. He sets up. They're still blocking the damn pass rushers. Nobody's open. Oh, somebody got free. Oh, he makes the guy miss. And do it. So there's some of that where it's like, damn, is that, I, I don't know if he's going to have quite that much space and room in the NFL against some of these defenders. I do think it's the Alabama factor, but that's where he is special. His patience, especially for a smaller guy, to let things develop or, wait, I'm not going to run here and I'm going to set up again. Okay, wait, nothing's open. Okay, I'll make this guy miss. All right, I'm going to set up again and make a throw. It's pretty special for a college football player. You don't see that very often or that kind of like – Again, that's where I get into the natural. He's like he's wise for somebody his age. Mm-hmm. It's a more mature way to play the game. Or usually, you know, quarterbacks don't get that part until a few years, even into the NFL, where they start to go, wait, scramble, set up, scramble again, set up, right? I mean, Josh Allen and Mahomes didn't even do that stuff really in college a ton. So that's where, uh, yeah, he's he's damn good in that department. All right. So who would you like to see more of that from, or who? Isn't able to improvise. Yeah, well, you know, like Stroud, as we said, has an untapped potential there. He does. Levis is the other one that I would say, yeah, you don't see a ton of that. You don't. He's. I think he's capable. He is, but his uh, throwing on the run isn't always the best. And like I said, his, his feel at time is off to me. Just his overall feel for – Ooh, how do I need to throw this ball? Where do I need to step in the pocket? When should I scramble and buy time and do that? You know, when should I tuck the ball away so it doesn't get stripped here while I'm in the middle of people? It's stuff like that that kind of just throws me a little off with Levis. Last category, running ability. Well, <laughs> can I do this one? <laughs> yeah, you can. Yeah, I'll take the guy who's 244 pounds and runs what? 4.4. Four. 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 Yeah, yeah, I'll take four, him. 444, four, I believe, at <laughs> yeah. 244. Yeah. Yes. Uh, it, and like we just talked about, it, 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 he hasn't even reached his potential in this department because he can do more scrambling and backyard stuff. Mm. But, I mean, whether it's the scrambling or just the quarterback design run stuff, I mean, come on. That's why you're, for a guy like him and you're willing to, 
you know, draft him in the top half of the first round with some of the questions that we are, are talking about that in most years, if you talk about a player, we're like, oh, he doesn't always read the field great. And, oh, he can be a little inaccurate. I mean, that never is a top 15 pick, right? But when you couple it together with, whoa, that size, that ability to run, oh, and he's a good kid and he likes to work, okay, fine, we can deal with some of those issues. We can fix them. But his running is, yeah, it's off the charts. Yeah. It's off the charts. It's not even – they didn't even take full advantage of it at Florida. You know, and I don't know why. They might have been – maybe they were being nice and not trying to wear him out or have him take un, you know, unnecessary punishment as a college football player. But there was certainly a lot of games where I was like, surely they're going to pull the guard and run Richardson yeah. up the middle here, right? Whoa, they're not. They're going to throw it. Whoa, they're throwing a screen. So, yeah, I think he's – in the NFL, he's, I actually think he's going to end up being a better runner than he was in college. So you think right now in the NFL, Justin Fields, do you think he's the most dynamic yes. running quarterback? Yes. Could yes. Anthony Richardson be more dynamic than Justin mm. Fields even? I don't know if he's going to be as, as highlight like – 70 yards down the sideline. Okay. I think it's a little mixture of that. We'll see a few of those, but you know, we're going to see some of that Cam Newton too, where we're going to be like, Oh my gosh, he made a nice move in the hole and then lowered his shoulder on that safety and got 12 yards. He, he, he ran over a safety at, at the six yard mark and got six more yards. That's where, you know, that's where I think he's going to be different than anybody we've ever seen. Or it's going to be a combination of, like, Fields and Cam Newton together. Yeah. And that's where that could be very exciting. It'll be fascinating, yeah. too, because you want to do what the quarterback does best, right? But at the same time, we saw with Trey Lance last year. He was hurt first right. game, basically, of the season. So it's like you have to balance it in the NFL. He is so gifted, and your point is right. Yeah. He's so gifted and so big that I feel like he never has to, like, put himself out there. A little too. Like, he has plays where he's like, he tiptoes, like, oh, there's three people about to converge on him. And he kind of tiptoes because he's not going to let them hit his knees and all that. And he kind of just bottles himself up. And he kind of takes the hits and rolls off them. And you're like, damn, he got seven more yards. There was three people that just hit him there. But he kind of protects himself that way and does never really ever put himself in a position or positions where I went, ooh, you know, he's vulnerable there. He needs to watch out there. You know, so that's where I, I think he understands how to protect himself. And because he's so physically gifted, he doesn't need to be like, I got to run through the hole a thousand miles per hour and, and lower my shoulder and go crazy that way. He's just always under control that way. Well, you mentioned this with your dad one time, too. Yeah. And I think it's a really interesting point is that people think that the running quarterbacks are more apt to get injured because they're just taking more hits. But you mentioned with him and he agreed that if, when you're a running back, you can kind of dictate how you take the hit and if you slide, if you go out of bounds and to put a shoulder down, where sometimes when you're in the pocket, you can't dictate that. You're just at the mercy of where the defender is, where you are. A hundred percent. I think is, if we took a look at Justin Fields' worst hits last year, very few of them are when he's quarterback design runner running mm. the football. It's always like... He's in the pocket. He's avoiding a guy. Now, oh, man, everything's collapsing. He avoids this guy, and then it's, oh, I spun out to avoid this guy and got crushed by a guy I didn't see, right? Yeah. It was always those type of plays where you're worried about it. And that's where you just want to go, hey, the play's over. Just go down and take the sack, right? And that's where you hope he got a little feel for it, and I think he does. But, yeah, he's uh, he's he's a more natural thrower than Justin Fields. Like, his motion to me – is more conducive to we can fix some of the issues than Justin Fields was. 
You know, I mean, you know me. I was I was a little low on Justin Fields in that department. Yeah. And I I think hey, we're seeing why. I mean, it's people are still questioning those things. You know, his fix was harder to me than what Anthony Richardson's fixes as far as the mechanics are. Richardson just has to learn to use his body a little bit. Yeah. The motion is really flawless. And, yeah, with Fields, there, were, there was more to it than that. Can I ask you this, too? And this is a little bit no, of a tangent, but because we're just talking about Justin Fields right there and mm-hmm. the Chicago Bears yeah. traded down right. uh, from the number one, they, they had their pick. Yeah. They had their pick of right. quarterbacks in right. this draft class. Right. From what you've seen from the quarterbacks after looking into them, should they have stayed number one and taken a quarterback? No. I, w- I wouldn't have traded away what you got with Justin Fields for, for any of that. You know, one, you know I think C.J. Stroud's the guy. And, okay, if you just were like, fine, we don't want to run this quarterback run design thing and we're sold that he can't develop any more in the passing game, then, yeah, you go C.J. Stroud, definitely. But, you know, I don't, you can't be sold that he's not going in the right direction as far as throwing the football. And then – you know, I just don't think, you know, like we talked about at the time, you just don't trade away that skill set he's got right now. You know, they could do something special with that. So, no, I'm all for it. Mm. Pick number nine, there should be a marquee defensive player. There's some sort of marquee player there. Yeah. Shit. And even if they just go away, that's not, there's not a marquee guy there in a position we need. I wouldn't be shocked if you saw the Bears trade down again. It's obviously on Ryan Pohl's radar. He talked about wanting to do two trade downs even in this whole process. You know, but he didn't. He was smart. He didn't want to mess with it. But who's to say? Who's to say at pick number nine, Anthony Richardson's still available, Hendon Hooker, whatever, and Team yeah. X and number twenty starts to go. Damn, he's there. We like him. Let's go do it. And now they're picking and get another first round pick for next year, yeah. right? So I, he's got a lot of possibilities here. I like what he did. I do. Yeah, it really would be. Would you trade? C.J. Stroud for Justin Fields for another first-round pick for D.J. Moore. And as it piles up in the assets that the Bears got, it's like a no-brainer. Exactly. Stay the course and take all those extra assets. That's right. Um, Who doesn't run in this draft class and maybe who you don't want to run? (laughs) Like, oh, like as far as a runner? Yeah, like running ability. Like that's just not part of their game and maybe. They all got it. Here's here's the, the interesting thing. And this is where this is a fun class. And again, this is where I get to the number one guy has the least questions for me. But I think if we put all six of these guys in a race, a 50 yard race, 40 yard race, whatever. Yeah. That Bryce Young's coming in last. Right. I don't know how great of a runner he's going to be. Yeah. He's got wow releases, but not a wow arm. He's a wow scrambler, but not a wow runner to me. So that's just an interesting aspect there. And then Levis, as we talked about, it's not a big part of his game. I do think he can do it. You know, he's shown it. I mean, he's, he's athletic enough, certainly can run, and he can take shots and lower his shoulder. You get to see some of that stuff. But, yeah, I mean, you know, the, 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 the best runners of the group is Richardson and DTR. Those, those are the two guys that you just go – they can be really dangerous if they break the pocket. Young, I think, can be to a degree. And as we saw with C.J. Stroud, I think there's potential to really grow in this department. He, again, it's almost like Joe Burrow in that sense, too. It's a lot slipper, more slippery, and the movement in the pocket is really damn good. Mm-hmm. And we didn't see Joe start to run here until, like, year two of his NFL career, right? 
And I think that could be one of those things with C.J. Stroud once he starts to realize, okay, wait, I got all the other quarterback stuff down. Now the next element is when to take off, when we start using my legs as a threat, and I think he's going to get to that point. So that was the one category where you have Bryce Young down lower, but you had him first in a number of these categories. Obviously you like C.J. Stroud, who's near the top in a lot of these categories. Let me just ask you this yeah. before we move on to the homies' questions. If Bryce Young were 6'3", 215, like C.J. Stroud, yeah. do you think he'd be your number one quarterback? It'd be closer, but I still think it would come down to some of those throws we're talking about. You know, yeah, of course, the size scares me, definitely. Mm-hmm. I mean, but, you know, would the arm get better with that size too? You know, I, I don't know. You know, that that's where, that's where, you know, I get bothered by, like I said, those type of throws, throws that I look at to go, no, these are consistently things that happen in the NFL and that you got to be able to do. And that's, again, where I thought C.J. Stroud had a clear advantage over him. You know, whether it is the power throws, the big throws down the field, into tight coverages, tight windows, and then, of course, when you couple that with the people around them and the people that do that, there's very limited great throws in that department in Bryce Young's tape and that. And then C.J. Stroud, I go, man, there's a lot of plays where things are closing in on him, he's not phased by it, and he makes a big-time throw. Okay. Um, so, you know, yeah, it would make me feel better. And maybe he'd be up in tier one with oh, Stroud. Maybe that's sure. the better way to say it. Yeah. Instead of the tier, you know, being separate that way. Yep. Yep. All right. Put a pin in that because there's more questions from the homies cool. about Bryce Young and how you've evaluated him. But I do want to remind you that it's a new MLB season. Oh, baby. Nice. Ahmed Farid's going to be there. We got new rules, new stars. So pair it with the Roto World Baseball Draft Guide. Get all the player profiles, rankings, projections to dominate your league. Go to NBCSportsEdge.com slash draft guide. Use Pennant 25 to save 25% at checkout. I got one of those magazines. I'm in one of those magazines getting my own team in a mock draft. Great. And I think the team would be awesome. There you go. Um, if we played it out. So there, I tweeted about it last night. There I am. They, they still have, like, magazine stands. I, I know, right? It is kind of funny when you see them. Where are you is right. Uh, I am uh, actually. Supermarket? I was in, CBS? I, I was in Florida there. That was from a I couple weeks a 10, ago. I see like an yeah. aisle 10 up there. Yeah, right? it was, I forget what the store was called there, but yeah. it, was like, it was a good big supermarket there yeah. in Florida. Yeah. yeah. It was when we were there in Orlando, and All I was right. getting my tan on. And, yeah, good. Uh, and so uh, I'm excited for baseball season. Oh, I'm so pumped. We yeah. had the World Baseball Classic. It came down to Trout versus Otani. I know. I went to bed a little bit before that happened, but yeah, what I would have liked bet? to see that. I went to bed. Oh, you went yeah, to bed. Like I they th- call I it sleep. You know, I wanted to bet. I was like, bet on the outcome of that at bat? What? Oh, yeah, you, you fell asleep. Yeah, yes. you have to get up early. Yes, I think that's I an underrated part of your life that people don't realize is how early you get up all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so baseball season's coming up. Get your Roto World draft guide. Go, go Yankees. All right, so here we go. It is time for hashtag ask me anything. We love this. The homies get to chime in, push back on your quarterback rankings. And go, wow, you're crazy, uh, which we always like. Yes. Let's start with this one from A. Bailey 8. Chris, how many of these quarterbacks would have been QB1 in the 2022 draft over Matt Corral, Ooh. Kenny Pickett, Malik Willis? Oh, maybe. shit. So That's a good question. How many of these guys would you have number one last year? I think my top three guys I would have had probably all over at number one. So Hendon Hooker would have been the number one quarterback last year. I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah for me, right. You know, and again, I'm, I'm – Taking ACL out of this right now, yeah. just you're just talking about the player and what I've seen on film. Yeah, I would. 
I would say those three would have all made me feel more comfortable than that group last year. You know, I mean, we, we talked about it. Corral, I love his physical tools and all that. Yeah, his size, the offense, some inconsistencies in decision making and staying on receivers too long and all that. You know, those were, you know, things that bother me for sure. These, those three right there that I'm talking about. You know, I don't. I mean, again, I, I don't. I feel really comfortable with them. The only question I have is just, yeah, young and the size thing. That's scary. Mm-hmm. But the rest of those, you know, the top, our, my top three, damn, they they check a lot of boxes for for me. Yeah. All right, that's good. Yeah, uh, I want to start with number two here, okay. and Bryce Young, because yeah. we got we got questions on all your quarterbacks here. Yeah. But uh, I think some of the most interesting ones are Bryce Young because that is a name that you will see number one on a lot of people's lists, mm-hmm. and maybe that will change now as this podcast gets out there. And people are like, wait, what? Chris likes C.J. Stroud? Oh yeah, I always like C.J. Stroud too. Yeah, I, was, I, I liked him more for <laughs> Bryce Young. You might hear that more and more. Uh, vamos for Ramos says people like to make the Bryce Young Kyler Murray size comparison but what do you think of a Bryce Young Doug Flutie comparison it's an interesting one i mean i, I it's yeah it's not a kyler murray comparison yeah you know it's it's, it's not the same kyler murray is arguably the fastest person on the football field you know, this is like we're talking about like kyler murray every game he steps on the field it's a race between him, the top corner and fo- on the on the other team, the top receiver on the other team, and his top corner and his top receiver, and it's who's faster. Yeah. That's where you know it's different. Also, Kyler Murray's arm is explosive. That's where it's a little different than Bryce Young too. That's why I mean Kyler Murray when he came out, it was like there was no thought. It was like he's number one. Yeah, there's risks about the size, but holy crap. You know, you would you would you know shoot yourself if you're like, man, I didn't pick him and they picked him and he's a superstar now. I mean, we uh, yeah, he's, he's the fastest guy in the field and he has a really strong arm. I, what was I thinking? Right. And he's not an idiot too. So that's where it's a little different. But Bryce Young, you know, from a traditional standpoint, does do some things maybe better than Kyler Murray did in that in that department. And that's maybe where he's a little more Doug Flutie. Yeah, five I'm looking at Doug Flutie. Yeah. Five ten. Right. One eighty. Yeah. That's very similar. I mean that's basically so, Bryce Young. Very similar. The only difference is he's sixty. <laughs> yeah. is a lot. You might not be able to that. take the pounding anymore. Exactly. But but uh you know and I love Flutie, Doug. I, I love Doug Flutie. He was little. like uh, he was like my favorite quarterback. But he could scramble, and I think that's what maybe more Bryce Young is. I kind of like that comparison. I think that's a good one by you, Vamos for Ramos. Uh, this is a question that I saw a couple people say. Yeah, Sifo uh, Bain says to you, Yo Sims, I understand some of your concerns about Bryce Young, but I completely disagree that he had stellar protection. Unlike Ohio State, they don't have any first-round picks on their offensive line, and it seemed like Young was under pressure all last year. He finishes it by saying, appreciate you. So even though he's throwing some back, which we like from the homies, you know, we do like pushback on this podcast. Totally. And especially when it's coming from the the homies and people who understand what we do here. Uh, So I think we have the... The draft uh, projected lineman here in right. Ohio State has yeah. Paris Johnson, who's projected to go in the first round. Right. They have Jones, who's a second rounder. They got, who is that, Luke Whipler, Whipler in the third round. And then you got the Bama guys who are uh, in the fourth round. So what do you make of the argument that actually CJ had the better offensive line and Bryce did not? Well, I, you know. I I not I've never was trying to say like CJ Stroud's O line was horrible or anything like that. Yeah. Did I see more NFL related, you know, throws with the pocket collapsing and all that? Yes. Like 
again, what's the, what's the outlook for the other three linemen on Alabama for next year's draft? Are they yeah. all top ten picks? I mean, I mean a, that's again, exactly, that's the, yeah. so this is you can't really just go by that. Is what I would tell you, Cifo Bain. Yeah, and I would also tell you that really the, you know, Alabama's ability to run the ball was greater than Ohio State's too, but. I will disagree in the fact that, you know, like the part where you were talking about was under pressure all year. I See, this is where I think people need to go back and watch. And I, I think people are thinking of plays where they go under pressure. And I'm going to go, no, he had seven seconds at first. And then he ran around a little bit and then became under pressure. Mm. I, I, I don't I don't I've watched six games. I mean, it's some of the greatest protection I've ever seen ever. Like, he sits there and pats the ball for seven seconds sometimes, and nobody is around him even at that point. So I don't, I don't agree with that, that sentiment. That's you interesting. I'm looking, I'm looking um, ahead here. Right. And it looks like, you know, they already have mock drafts out there for 2025. Yeah, right. Can you believe it? So uh, some yeah, people I are working all the time. Actually. But what, what are you saying? Any Bama guys there? Yeah, Elijah at? Pritchett, apparently. Tyler Booker, you know, first or second round type prospects this early on. And right. for next year's class, it looks like uh, so, yeah, Alabama's again. got a guy, C.J. Latham, who's maybe a first, second round guy. So, right, yeah. right. No, Not that Ohio I, State doesn't also have those guys. No, but. exactly. And, and again, I, I wasn't trying to say that, like, you know, C.J. Stroud was under pressure all the time. I I just was trying to more make the statement of Bryce Young's protection to me was as good as I've I mean it is in phenomenal, uh, so you know I have a hard time coming up with a game off the top of my head out of the five or six that I watched maybe other than LSU where I don't even feel like they pressured him off the top of my head in fact they played a lot of coverage and did three man rushes and stuff like that um so yeah i i can't des- totally agree with that sentiment and you know again the pressure there's so much context to all of that to where it just i don't just go to a scouting site and go oh they said that uh, you know some of these people working for these sites don't know shit i'm just sorry i don't know what else to tell you guys out there i know some of these people that work there they don't know shit so sorry <laughs> I don't care what they say and how they tally the numbers. Yeah, they're friends of mine. I know them. Yeah, But but my basic thing with the pressure thing was just how I explained it earlier. It's just about what does he look like when the pocket collapses? That's only the point I was trying to make there more than anything, and that's one of my areas that I I do get concerned with with Bryce Young. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. For the world's greatest athletes. This is the showdown we've been waiting for. There is nothing like competing on the world's biggest stage. And when that stage is Paris, anything can happen. I have never seen anything like this. How about that? An Olympics unlike any other. What a performance! The Paris Olympics. This summer on NBC and streaming on Peacock. For the world's greatest athletes. This is the showdown we've been waiting for. There is nothing like competing on the world's biggest stage. And when that stage is Paris, 
anything can happen. I have never seen anything like this. How about that? An Olympics unlike any other. Paris Olympics, Friday, July 26th on NBC and Peacock. So more on C.J. Stroud, and this one's kind of like the, the same lines as that one, so maybe some similar things but framed in a different way. This one comes from New York Lion, actually, Pete. The New York Lion tweets that says... Is this you? This is not me. No, yeah, it's true. I'd be the Connecticut Lion. Yeah. <laughs> what I don't see with Stroud, and he goes, not his fault, is tight window throws. I've never seen guys more wide open. Wide receivers and O-line were the best in college football. When things go wrong and he is under pressure, he is horrible. Ooh, ouch. If Stroud switched places with Will Levis at Kentucky, what would the tape look like? Now, that is something that is fascinating that I've talked to you about. Like, yeah. What if Bryce Young oh, is in Kentucky and yeah. Will Levis is right. over in Alabama? Right. I mean, like, if Will Levis played the whole year at Alabama, yeah. he might be the n- number one or number two quarterback. He would quarterback. look better. He would look better, sure. right? Who yeah. knows exactly right. how it would turn out, Bill O'Brien over right. there. Um, but w- what do you make of the point there that um, – that New York Lions trying to make. Well, first off, like if Stroud played in Kentucky, it would be better than what Levis looked like. Okay. I don't have any doubt about that. So that's the transition there, right there. I can make that and go, no, there's no doubt. He's better than Will Levis in every category, every, except for pure arm power. Mm. And it's not that less than, right? So then tight window throws. Like, listen, he had some people open for sure. Tight window. Like I, I don't, you know, Go, watch the Michigan game. Watch the Georgia game. Watch the Penn State game. I mean, see, what I think people are not, like, taking into account is how easily and consistently he does it that you're just going, oh, yeah, 20-yard completion. And I'm sitting there on film going, this guy is all over this guy. And he just puts it in there like it's nothing. You remember the Michigan game, the go route down the right sideline to Marvin Harrison Jr.? Yeah. He's fucking covered like glue. Yeah. It was glue. He threw the ball so far and so high that it allowed Marvin Harrison Jr., who was behind the defender, to now look up and the defender plays DB for a reason, starts to choke, and he he puts it on the money. You know, the fourth and two throw to number eight against Michigan, right? On the money, the guy drops it. In the end zone to number eight, on the money, drops it. You know, middle, down the middle, cover two, number eight, covered like a blanket, on the money, drops it. I, I don't I, I don't agree with those sentiments, you know. And again, you, you, there's sure there's open guys. I, I know that they're a good football team, but yeah. yeah, I saw plenty tight window throws. And then again, the pressure thing uh, where I don't understand, like, was he not under pressure against Michigan and Georgia? Was that, was that was not pressure? Is he horrible in those games? Damn, he was horrible. I, yeah. I you know. There's only one game where you could say horrible, and that's Northwestern slop fest of, like, rain and wind and impossible to play quarterback. I mean, the only game you can even go, whoa, that didn't look very good there. Yeah, and like you said, some of those throws down the sideline, deep throws, tight windows, outside the numbers were very good, and DJ Holman saw that as well. So here is a, a defender of right. your ranking Well, I here. just – I don't want to oh. be well, – first, the New York line, I don't want to be mean there. I'm not trying to be mean. I just – I mean, that's I, – I don't you – know, I'm the guy that hates the open throw guy. I, I, if it was wide open, I'd go, well, fuck, everybody's wide Anyone open all that. the time. That was yeah. my concern with Baker Mayfield and all those type of players. So I'm just letting you know, New York line, I saw way more than enough of, yeah. oh, my gosh, bullseye into tight coverage type throws. And Chris doesn't hate you. 
You don't. You don't hate New York Lions. How <laughs> could don't. you hate a Lions fan? Of course you would so. never do that. Right. Never. Uh, we're just pushing back on your on your assessment. DJ Holman, you're probably going to agree with some of this, but this is an interesting point he makes. Yeah. He goes, Chris, have you seen a college offense that asks their quarterback to throw as many far hash out throws than Stroud? Those are long throws. He goes further than the NFL. Yeah. And you don't do that unless you trust the quarterback to have the arm to make that. The arm and the decision maker. No. Right? Yeah. The decision maker goes into that too. Because a lot of guys are going to go, oh, I got the arm. I can do it. The, the quarterback's going to go, the coach is going to go, yeah, but you thought he could do it and he's running the other way for a pick six. Yeah. You threw the 20 yard out route, but you were a little late and it's a pick six. So there has to be both of those there. And yes, you're right, DJ Holman, you're right in my assessment of that. I mean, that's what blew me away. It was just one big time NFL throw after another. You know, you can go through certain parts of games and go, has he thrown a ball under five yards yet? Has he has he had a thrown a screen yet? You know, okay, here's a screen. Okay, yeah, well, of course they got some. But then it's like it's seam and post and in cut and 20-yard out route and 10-yard out route from the far hash route and all of that. That's what blew me away. It was more than I remembered just watching on TV. Um, so that is – uh, again, I think we got a special thrower with a guy that's got a pretty damn special mind and ability to see the field that is really damn good. C.J. Stroud probably will go number one to the Carolina Panthers. But I would be shocked if he does it. But who knows? Could I'll go number that. two to the yeah. Houston Texans. Right. Wherever he goes, probably in the top two, probably number one. Uh, that fan base is going to hope that he can buck the trend. And here is yeah. Shemp. Well, you're pointing to me, though. Well, like, no, I like this thing. question. I'm just seeing it, and I like this question. Here's Shemp. How many quarterbacks from Ohio State have become franchise quarterbacks in the NFL? Justin Fields may work out, but the jury is still out. So that would be the worry yeah. for Carolina Panther right. fans out there that he is just another one of those failed Ohio State quarterbacks. I, I get it, but I don't get it. What's it got to do with Jack Diddley squat? Like, what, what's it got to do? These are different humans. Mm-hmm. These are other people that came from different coaching staffs. I mean... What's it got to do? Yeah, Pete says the same helmet. So that's, I, well, I, I, that's right. No, like, but I guess the idea is that things well, are so well, easy for quarterbacks. Things are so easy for quarterbacks. Yeah, I, I get it. I mean, listen, they're, they're going to be, you know, they're Ohio State. They're arguably the greatest college organization in the history of college football. They always got talent there. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and then. You know, does that lead to some misleading of quarterbacks or misevaluating because they're winning and their yards are good, right? So people jump onto that. But, like, what is what is some of these other past quarterbacks who were coached by different people have anything to do with C.J. Stroud? Let me ask you this. Should we not – they should have never drafted uh, a quarterback out of Texas Tech, Kansas City. They should have never done that. We've never had one work. Why would they draft a quarterback out of Texas Tech? Yeah. None of them work. And that quarterback's name? Patrick, Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes. Right. I mean, we can go down the list of guys like that where yeah. you go, you shouldn't do that. Yeah. Oh, but they got him. Right? You should never draft a quarterback from Oregon. I've never seen one work. Never. Mariota was a bust. Yeah. Jo- Joey Harrington, bust for your Lions. Bust after bust. A- oh, what? Justin Herbert. No, we shouldn't have drafted him. Because of the guy that was drafted 30 years ago, we shouldn't draft this guy now. That that's that's all I'm saying. All so, right, so I'm going to look here uh, at some quarterbacks. So here's some. They are, haven't are had a quarterback like this. So here here's the deal, though. Are there some quarterbacks here that you thought were going to be good that weren't? So you had Terrell Pryor there. Obviously, Justin Fields, Dwayne Haskins. Haskins, I thought had a chance. Cardale Jones. Yeah. No. 
Okay. No, you know, you're missing. Uh, uh, we're, we're missing. Um, Art Schlichter in 1982. Schleister, yeah, Art Schleister, right, right. Um, I feel like we're missing one other one, but it wasn't a first round pick or whatever. But Bobby Hoeing, Bobby Hoeing, Craig Krenzel, who won the national championship. All those, yeah, okay. They, I know. There's no superstar quarterback to come out of the storied franchise or the storied college of Ohio State. It's rare, but maybe this is the guy that bucks the trend. I, you know, again. This is one guy that I got less questions about or anything than I've than I've seen from quarterbacks here in, in recent history. So, yeah, I'm, I'm a pretty big fan. But yeah, don't couple that all together. That doesn't mean don't make him pay for the sins of former Ohio well, State quarterbacks. I mean, hey, I mean, yeah, you know, Dwayne Haskins, that was Urban Meyer. C.J. Stroud's running a little bit of a different offense than Justin Fields was running too. They 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 expanded. They did more. They did more in the drop back pass game than than Justin Fields had. So, yeah. you know, yeah, you, you, I don't think you can just say a statement like that and it Tom Tupa true. Tom Tupa <laughs> yeah another bust uh Hendon Hooker the was hunter. the one that uh, showed up on your list here higher than most people's list yeah. so we have some questions from the homies on him cool Rashad Dutt uh homie that chimes in often here on the podcast Kurt Warner oh he brings up Kurt Warner pointed out that Hendon Hooker doesn't have a good overall understanding of defenses and where to go with the ball uh, he was breaking down the Georgia game. Do you share his concern? So this is out there. This is Kurt Warner did, I think, on his personal uh, YouTube. He's got something outside of NFL yeah, Network. Yeah, I saw a little of it. All right, so the things that Kurt Warner pointed out in the video, do you share those concerns? Not quite to the extent of Kurt Warner did there. You know, one is the first thing I'll say is, like, if we looked at the last two years of quarterbacks versus Georgia's defense, it ain't very good, Right. So, like, I want to say, like, of all the games to pick to break down the player to show the world, we we picked the defense that's the best defense in the decade and has dominated just about everybody. Mm. That kind of seemed unfair-ish to me. All right? You know, I hope he breaks down Will Levis's performance against Georgia, too. Right? Um, but, so, you know, he brought up some points. And in that game, do I think it was Hendon Hooker's best game in moments? No. But I also think he's taking liberties of, wait, this was my rule in 2003 with Mike Martz, and so this is his rule too. And I'm going to go, no, it's not. You know, there, there's, there's offenses have different rules. You know, like to hear, take for instance this, just through a little like background to these kind of things. You remember the playoff game, the Chargers Jaguars, right? Trevor Lawrence threw four interceptions right. in the first the first half. One of them was a shallow cross to Evan Ingram. He's running the shallow cross. Now, I've been on, and I explained this at the time, I've been in offenses, same system, West Coast, one where they expected the shallow cross tight end to read the coverage. And if it's a zone, sit up. If it's not a zone, keep running, right? I've been a part of other West Coast, same system, where they went, we don't trust the tight end. We don't want him to read the coverage with all these different crazy coverages to stay in the age of the NFL. We just tell him to run no matter what. I made a comment at halftime where I went, you know, oh, Trevor Lawrence can't throw the ball here. You know, he's got to see the backside defender. Somebody who Jason Garrett taught 
texted Jason Garrett, hey, tell Sims, we all know the tight end's got to read the coverage and sit there. Hmm. And I went, no, he's wrong. I played for teams that, that that's not the way they teach it. They don't trust it. I asked Doug Peterson at the combine. You know what he does? He, I don't trust them. They always run it. The quarterback should know it's cover to zone and yeah. know the backside guys there. And then you go, call up Jer- Jason Garrett, tell him the Texas friend. Well, ex- I, I really did. I honestly <laughs> did. I, I don't doubt that. I, yeah. You know me, right? right? I want to be like, tell that fucking guy who was trying to like kind of hate on me that like, he was fucking wrong and I was right, yeah. all right? Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. You know, so there's some liberties there of like, oh, I think the ball should go here. And I want to go, well, no, I've watched five or six games here. And when this is coverage, he always, the ball goes here the whole time. And it's consistent. And then it was consistent what he carried over with Georgia. But then Georgia might have had a little bit of a wrinkle to the coverage. And they've seen the play on tape. And Kirby Smart's an awesome defensive coach. And, hey, wait, and they're killing everybody with this play and this coverage. You know, hey, I want to adjust it a little bit this week so they can't kill us when we play this coverage. Yeah. So then you're downgrading him for that, and you go, well, no, he's hit this play against this coverage 20 times all year. You know, they made an adjustment, and they're screwing him over, and nobody's taught him what to do off of this now, right? So that's where I would go. There's a little cherry-picking there of not knowing exactly the rules, things like that. And he brought up some good points. I'm certainly not trying to disagree with Kurt Warner. What I know were some that. of the good points he brought up? Well, there, there were some times where you go, well, I don't know why he's looking at here, or why he's hanging on this guy so long, he needs to get over, all of those type of things, right? You know, there were certainly a few plays where I go, yeah, he's right here. But, again, I don't, you know. He's in the middle of the hurricane that is the Georgia defense. Well, just too. exactly, exactly. I mean, yeah. he's making so he's going, I'd like him to throw the ball here, and I want to go, well, this guy's not out of the break yet, and he's about to get hit in the face, so you can't throw the ball here, Yeah. you know. Or this guy's his hot route, but he's running a shitty hot route, and you're saying, oh, I'd rather see him to go the ball here instead of this guy covered, and I want to go, no, this guy just ran a shitty route. He was going to the ball at the right place. The guy was open, and he didn't come out of the break quick enough against this blitz. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Again, you can't, to me in this process, just microscope every play. You got to look at it as a broad thing. And damn, they throw the ball a ton, and he puts the ball in the right places time after time after time. Now, you know, hey, a few of those plays concerning, right? But that's where you, you got to meet the guy in person. Is he smart? Is he stupid? Does, is, did we teach him something and he pick it up right away? Oh, okay, then fuck those two plays that we saw in Georgia that were concerning. Yeah. You know, and that's where that will come in handy. But the overall body of work shows you that he's smart, he knows where to go with the ball, and, you know, he's able to process and see the field the right way, in my opinion. Yeah, and, you know, Georgia, they, yeah. we can, they made a lot of guys not look good. Whose quarterback take was worse on this podcast, New York Lion or Kurt Warner? That's the real question. <laughs> that's what people want to know. Oh, yeah, you're starting pr- troubles with me and Kurt Warner. Don't try. I'm, I'm trying to. No, that's, I think that's instructive, though, and I think – you know, it's just there's nuance to some yeah, of that. 100%. Okay, that's all I'm saying. I don't want to, you know, and, and then again, like I said, I just thought it was, you know, it's a little tough to pick that game of all games. The nuance with where to take these quarterbacks. Right. Cody, the Colts fan, says, do you believe Richardson should be picked ahead of Hooker due to his age and his injury, or should that not scare the Colts? And so you ranked Hendon Hooker above Anthony Richardson. I think, you know, reasonably you know, reasonable to assume that if you were a team, you would draft Hendon Hooker ahead of Anthony Richardson. But with that injury and the age, which you don't think is as big a deal. I don't. But um, but you would you would take Hendon Hooker over Anthony Richardson I if would. you were on the clock. I, I, I would. I would. Hey, to me, it's just the – is the ceiling as high? No. But is the floor higher? Definitely. 
you know that that's where I get it. And then you know again, yeah, I you know where where that's where they'll have to get into. Yeah, how important is the age thing to them? I don't know. Again, I just look at it and go, you know. Okay, wait, if you draft a guy and you got a guy that's your 10-year starting quarterback, who gives a shit after the end he's 36 or 33? Like, who the fuck cares? Yeah. Can he play? Is he good? Let's go. We're great. And then we'll reassess. And really, as we know, this is really four-year rentals anyways. So what are we so worried about what he's going to look like? You know, I made a joke, like, on Dan Patrick yesterday. Like, when people are acting like you're getting married, like you're going to roll over and be, like, in bed at 53 years old and go, is she still pretty? Or, oh, is, oh, no, she didn't age well at 53, right? Your significant other or whatever, right? Yeah. I mean, this is quarterback in the NFL. Four years from now, we'll see if you still want him, and then we'll move on to the next four years after that. Uh, so I don't and, – and I like the fact that he's played and been mat- and he's mature. I don't look at it as that as a negative. Yeah. You know, I, I don't. I think that's a, as a positive. Uh, but, yeah, the health thing is what you got to feel comfortable with. You know, and and I I can't imagine that being a big issue here. Now, the other aspect of that Colts thing, too, is just like, where does Shane Steichen want to go? You know, Shane Steichen, I've seen his offense with Justin Herbert, and I went, ooh, that was awesome. Yeah. Shane Steichen and his offense with Jalen Hurts, I went, ooh, that is awesome. So what does he want to do here? Does he want to play Justin Herbert football, or does he want to play Jalen Hurts football? And that's, you know, they could go either way in that, that department. Um, but, yeah, I lean Anthony Richardson. He's, you know, more of what I like as far as a quarterback, and I think he is a, a safer prospect overall. All right, so let's get into Anthony Richardson yeah. and some of the homies' questions about him. Uh, he is an athletic specimen. We all know that. But we want to compare him to a mystery quarterback to just see how giant and athletic he is. So the quarterback on the left, if you're watching, is Anthony Richardson, and it's one of those – what is that? Is that a uh, pentagon? No, a penta is five. Octagon. Octagon. Yeah, eight things. Octagon or hexagon, there. Isn't hexagon, isn't it? Hexagon. It's, it's, it's a gone of. It's, it's a gone of some sort. It's six. Uh, no, there's more than six. There isn't there. Isn't there six sides right there? Oh no, on the Four. left there's there's more than six. On the there's right eight. there's six. Though. Wow. So so there's an octagon and a hexagon. <laughs> It's a it's a double gone. Uh, so the one on the left, whatever it is, is Anthony Richardson. It basically fills up the whole thing because he's in the 90th percentile on almost everything. And the mystery quarterback on the right fills up very little of it. Uh, we do have a good 20-yard shuttle. We do have good height. But the broad jump, not good at all in the 12th percentile. Who is that mystery quarterback on I the right I think that's there? me. Oh, no. That's what I think. It is Chris Sims. It is. <laughs> so what you did, you did really well, like be tall. Uh, what happened in the broad jump? You didn't uh, practice it, did you? I no, I'm just white and not that flexible in the hip area, so it's not that I'm not yeah. that good in that yeah. department. Uh, <laughs> Damn, so that's bad. Th- that is, but look, we compared you to the freakiest of all freaks yes, of all right. time. So damn, four eight four. I thought I ran a faster time than that. Four eight four. Damn. I mean, oh, no but way. they didn't practice like they do now for the combine, right? You actually have like training camp for the combine for a lot of these well, players. Well, it's definitely now, more of a science than it, you know, now than it I'm was give then. You, I'm going to give you an excuse Man, there. Thank you. I'll take that. Not one. that Anthony You're Richardson right. I didn't work at it. I just lined up and <laughs> ran it. You're just like, yeah, this was a like, give me a month, and those numbers would have been exactly like Anthony Richardson. Uh, Moose Maxwell, 31. 
is Anthony Richardson farther along than the... Oh, no, we already did this one last time. Oops, sorry about that one. That was the Trey Lance and Malik Wells. If you want the answer to that question, go back to the uh, Monday pod. No, no, don't worry about that one. Uh, let's go to Bruno Brooks then. Bruno Brooks won. Always been interested. How do you work out who has the highest, lowest ceiling? For example, why is AR ceiling higher than CJ's, who is the best currently? And I don't know if you've said that. Did you say that, that... Well, I think I said Richardson had the highest ceiling of everybody. I mean, he does. Yes, that is absolute best when you take away when you just talk about yeah, you know, again his ability and the throws that he can make and the potential there, and then the running, which is not even potential. It's just like damn, it's amazing already, and it potentially can get better. Mm -hmm. That's where I go with it, you know. And then, okay, yeah, I mean, if he is a worker and you can fix a few of these mechanical things, then you just go, oh, my gosh, well, yeah, we got a guy with the strongest arm in football, and he's one of the best runners in football. So that's where, you know, the ceiling. But those are big ifs, Yeah. you know. So that's where it is. Like, CJ, CJ's floor is, is up by the ceiling, right? And his ceiling can go higher, certainly, it can't maybe go as high as what Anthony Richardson could be if he absolutely reaches the total top potential in every area and all of that. No, you know, but um, yeah, so th that's where I balance it, you know, a, a little bit. But damn, I mean, the high, the ceiling for for Stroud is also extremely high, you know. But yeah, I mean, we're talking about a guy in, in AR here that's that's doing things and and is built a way that we've never seen in the history of football. For the world's greatest athletes. This is the showdown we've been waiting for. There is nothing like competing on the world's biggest stage. It's a world record again! Goal for the United States! Unbelievable! And when that stage is Paris, anything can happen. I have never seen anything like this! How about that? An Olympics unlike any other. What a performance! The Paris Olympics. This summer on NBC and streaming on Peacock. For the world's greatest athletes. This is the showdown we've been waiting for. There is nothing like competing on the world's biggest stage. It's a world record again! Goal for the United States! Unbelievable! And when that stage is Paris, anything can happen. I have never seen anything like this! How about that? An Olympics unlike any other. What a performance! The Paris Olympics. Friday, July 26th on NBC and Peacock. Dorian Thompson Robinson from UCLA yeah. is not built the same way, but right. you like what you saw on tape, and uh, so so did. Oh man, what is this name, Pete? Uh, him hurts him five hurts five Henry. Him hurts five Henry. There we go. You got it. Him hurts five Henry. Uh, thanks for writing in. This is more of a comment than a question, which uh, was illuminating to me. He goes, Dorian Thompson Robinson threw the ball 62 miles an hour at the Combine, same as Josh Allen, tied for the fastest ever recorded at the Combine. Stroud and Will Levis hit 59 miles per hour. Hey, this is, I mean, this is what I'm trying to tell people. You know, this is where I don't get it. You know, even Dan Patrick, he started to think like me yesterday. He goes, wait, if you put DTR on Alabama, don't you think we're talking about a top 10 pick? And I go, damn, Dan, you're starting to think like me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's four inches taller. He's got a stronger arm. He's faster straight away. Okay. He's not quite the good decision maker that Bryce Young is, but it's not like it's far off. Out of all the quarterbacks with like 
you know, what I call slickness, you know, the different arm angles, getting it out quick. I mean, he's arguably second. So that's where I just – he deserves to be in this conversation. And, yeah, his arm is – the power is real. It's it's real. Like, you know, it, it's it's – it can be a little too long of a wind-up at times, which I don't love. But I'm not, you know, I wasn't shocked when all said and done after watching film to go back and see that he threw it the hardest. I didn't, I didn't go, oh, wow, that's shocking. Certainly. You know, my dad, my dad, he watched DTR, and he was like, he came to me and he was like, hey, he wanted to make sure, justify what he was watching. He was like, wait, am I? He's like, am I on an off day or something? Or is this DTR, like, really good? And I was like, I, like, off the chain's good, Dad. Like, I couldn't get over it. And it's just odd that it's so little buzz. And a guy checks that many boxes. It's, 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 it's weird. It really is. It's weird. So at the top of the podcast, I did the whole consensus thing and what people think. I have locked in the consensus right now. Yeah. And so we're going to compare next year at this time. Right. Like how your picks stand up to when you made the picks yeah. and what everyone was talking about. Right. Because right now, Dorian Thompson-Robinson is consensus 10th quarterback off the board. Yeah. Pick like number 193 in the draft if people mock it that far. Um, well, I feel like ever since I did my rankings, too, the consensus on Hendon Hooker has yeah, gone up You're starting as well. to hear him as more of like a first-rounder now. Rounder he's a first-rounder, and I yeah. want to be like, nobody said this like four days ago. Now he's a first-rounder. Yeah. Uh, but so, yeah, okay, cool. I'm glad. Keep track of it. I like it. Uh, Will Levis, there are some concerns there that you shared. And yeah. so he's been a guy that's been in the top four or five that, who knows, could fall after your pod. If more and more people listen to the Monday pod, yeah. perhaps he goes down. Right. Uh, West Kruger says, how much of Levis's decline was due to a new offensive coordinator, bad offensive line, yeah. lack of weapons, sure. and playing through injuries, which is uh, something I don't think we mentioned necessarily yeah. Monday. He no, did play right. through a foot, a finger, and shoulder injuries last season. How could he season. not be beat up? He took shot after shot. I, I, I yes, all of that is a I took into account. I did not love the offense, mm. you know. I don't. I do want to know how much of that is him. Maybe, yeah. The O line certainly struggled. Not a ton of wide open receivers or anything like that. I mean, yeah, the game was tough for him. It really was, and not because of his own doing, you know, in that way. But again, it's still, I mean, you know how it is. It's, it's like I just said with C.J. Stroud. Like, there's enough here to go through and go, hey, this guy's open. You should hit that. Hey, you know, wait, the pocket's clean. Why are your mechanics like that? Why are you stepping like this? Wait, the pocket's clean. Why are you floating this way into, you know, pressure? So there's enough to glean from it or go, hey, wait, this guy's open. Damn, you're too good to miss the five-yard shallow cross. What? Come on. Like, what? So... You know, yeah, all that stuff did not play in his favor, but um, and I certainly and take all of that into account. I do. You know me. I, I'm. I love being the guy to point out and go, "Whoa, nobody was open." Like it was Justin Herbert was had some of these. Yeah. You know, nobody's ever open. The offense isn't that great. Oh, okay, yes, but he didn't have some of these other negatives too. He didn't miss the shallow cross. You know, he didn't make crazy bad decisions at times. He didn't just chuck the ball into people and crowds at times, right? He didn't have throws where I go, oh, this guy's open and it should be a big play, and yet it's a 25-yard gain because it wasn't that accurate. 
So, you know, all of that was taken into account, but certainly it was, it was tough sledding for the guy. And, and that's what I do respect about him. The talent's real. Yeah. He took a fucking beating and he hung in there and kept pulling the trigger and playing tough. And that's where I do like him a whole lot. And he works out in the weight room. He's rocked Boom. up, but maybe he needs to be a little you more, up. more rocked down there. Ross Smith agreed with you. He said uh, it feels like he can't feel the blind side at all. And so his comment was Yeah, the in blind side, the said. soft spot of the pocket. When not to leave the pocket. You know, again, these are things you can work on, certainly. But he is he was the least in that department out of, out of all the quarterbacks. All right, the also-in-the-conversation quarterbacks now. We promised that we would talk about some of them coming yeah. up here today. Yeah. And Jack Hayner was a guy that you did mention. Yeah. Would he be number six? I know we don't – or I guess seven. Yeah. But would he be the next quarterback? Is that what you're <sighs> thinking here? So Fresno State guy. Yep. Uh, and, by the way, Annie – tweeted you and said, is Jack Hayner this year's Brock Purdy? Everyone's well, going to be looking for this year's Brock Purdy. Well, I, I mean, listen, I don't think he, he's not number six or okay. number seven, you should say. Yeah, you're right. I'm, yeah. I'm forgetting that I have six <laughs> in my top five. Yeah. Um, no, I'm not going to say he's there. Yeah. I think my... What about the Brock Purdy, though? The guy that's taken super, super late that surprises some people. I love this kid in every area other than two. Uh-oh. He's small. Six foot two oh seven. Right. So it's not Bryce Young small, but he's slow. Oh. Like weirdly slow. What? Yeah. For the guy that kind of looks as athletic as he does and you know, for that size. Yeah. It's a little bit like, whoa, what? Come on. Are you are you running full speed? But he is. And I'm not trying to say that to be funny. But the other stuff, like I, with the Purdy thing, yeah. You talk about a natural field to play the position, great at reading, a whole, you know, a whole bag of clubs as far as different throws. And the other element, and you know I'm big into this, is NFL-type throws. That's, that's what I'm in. Oh, hey, somebody's in my face. I can't step into it. But the 10-yard in cut's there. He's open, and coach is going to go, hey, he's fucking open, and you're not getting tackled? Throw it. He can lean on his back foot and change his arm angle or doesn't have to step into it. A lot of quarterbacky things that I look at that way. So he has a little bit of that Brock Purdy, a natural feel for the game, a natural at the quarterback position, a yeah. pretty good arm, incredibly accurate, great decision maker, but small and really slow. And that, that bothers me. But I'm not going to say he's seven. Seven would have been Max Duggan for me. Ooh. Yeah. The okay. TCU quarterback. Yeah. yeah. Number eight probably would have been Clayton Toon from Houston. Ooh. And then I would have probably got to um, at Hayner at number nine there. Which, again, Hayner, I really like. I, I Certainly nine sounds like it's long down the road there. But I really like some of the things he does at that position. What would you like about Duggan? Duggan has, Duggan to me, a little rawness, but out of these down-the-line guys is the only guy that I look at that go, oh, he could be a starting quarterback in the NFL one day. That, that's where he, to me, looks a little bit, you know, almost like what I said with Richardson, just needs to be taught one or two things, and, and he has some big-time big potential. But he's a twitchy athlete. He has an explosive arm. You know, another guy that can make big throws from weird, awkward positions, hangs in the pocket tough, you know, has a thickness and a build that I like, and then, of course, runs 4-5. So, yeah, he's the guy that 
I look at to be maybe a middle round guy where I go, ooh, but yeah, he could be the middle round guy that could be starting quarterback for a team here That's two or three years down the Pretty road. Pretty good in the RPO game. Definitely. He had 28 career rushing touchdowns. That's what I mean. There's a real threat there. He can lower his shoulder. There's a thickness to him that I like. You know, the, the, that was he was one of the more pleasant surprises of the whole situation for me. And since you mentioned him too, Clayton Toon from Houston, what'd you like about him? Well, Toon, you know, good athlete, can play the position, beautiful spirals, great timing and rhythm. You know, really can play quarterback. To me, he's like, I, there's only one thing that bothered me really about him. It's just like urgency in his throw. Every throw was the same. Every throw was the the five iron, right? Mm. And I wanted to go, where the fuck's the driver every now and then? Like, can we rip one? Can we speed up the process every now and then? Or is everything just going to be smooth and smooth? Which is okay, right? Uh, that's okay. But, but you know, that doesn't lend yourself to, you know, being in the, the top round of the draft or anything like that. But, you know, when I look at him, I think of like a, it was like a, a bigger Bailey Zappy. Right? Somebody like that. I think he's got a potential to be a really good backup for a long, long time. 6'2", 220, was a three- or a four-year starter, three-time team captain. So good leader, Clayton Toon. Maybe some uh, team will get a steal out there. You know a name you haven't mentioned? Yeah. Stetson Bennett. Oh, I know. From Georgia. I know. And King Tantamani says, where's Stetson Bennett? I will put him ahead of Will Levis. Well, okay, King. That's why you don't have my job, and I do, right? Okay, I, I, I respect Stenson Bennett for sure, but, man, he plays really small. His arm's not bad, right? But, like, I think when you really break it down, here's two things that are just – his his arm is not bad, okay. He's a decent athlete. It's nothing special. His decision-making is not as good as I was expecting. You know, again, they're a little bit of like, they're so good you forget about some of his bad plays during a game. Mm. You know, decision-making is not as good. Way too many slam dunk, this should be a huge play, this should be 20 yards, and we missed the throw altogether. You know, a little bit of like what I talked about in the quarterbacks in years past where I go, yeah, he misses a 20-yard wide open completion. He misses a 50-yard go route, and then they run the draw play up the middle for 40 yards, and everybody just goes, oh, uh, Stenson Bennett put it together a good drive. And then the next play he throws a slant route and then hits another wide open guy, and the, the narrative is Stenson Bennett put it together a good drive. And I want to go, no, no, they should have scored five plays ago. You know, They should have had another 30 points today. So, no. No, you know, honestly, I'm not going to lie. It makes me think of where he would be if he wasn't on Georgia. That that That's really the, the thing that, you know, comes to me. But he's played a lot. He's got experience, and there is some value to that. You know, Cuz Lightyear is saying that, quote, and Cuz Lightyear is a homie as well. <laughs> Cuz Lightyear, I love it. Uh, age is literally keeping a two-time Natty MVP off of these lists. Game film isn't. And you would push back on that by saying you have some old dudes on your list yeah. with Hendon yeah. Hooker and DTR. Exactly right. I don't care about the age thing at all. What I care about is a guy that's, yeah, really small, plays small, not that fast, is not as a good decision maker as you think, is not as a good of an accurate thrower as you think, and he played on the All Star team. So yeah, that that's that's what I'm gonna say, you know. And again, I you know I, I think he ends up probably being 
a sixth, sixth-round pick, somewhere in that. That's the interesting thing about the quarterback conversation, too. I mean, generally, it's like you're either in round one, start of round two, or yeah. nobody goes till round four again. It's kind of how it goes, and that's where I'm interested to see how this all lays out. Well, so Stetson Bennett's like 5'11". Uh, the guy from Stanford, yeah. Tanner McKee, mm-hmm. is 6'6", 231. So he is a giant. And this one comes from DJ118GB on Twitter. He goes, what about Tanner McKee? I'm loving him as a two- or three-round pick for the Raiders. Looks to have great feet. He does have some quick feet. He does. It's it's the other stuff. I, I don't think he's – I think he's way later down the, ro- the, the road. I think he's – you know, he does have size. When he puts it all together, he's got a pretty strong arm, you know, and he does have some quick feet. But, man, there's some mechanics that are all over the place. I don't love his body. Overall, as an athlete, he's not a very good athlete. He's very jumpy in the pocket. It's a lot of short throws. You know, there's just too many things for me that um, I just didn't like. And, yeah, I don't look at it to be any starter potential or mid-round quarterback potential. You know, he's nowhere near even in the Davis Mills conversation for me as a quarterback in that way. Um, Yeah, so he he was not my favorite. And the ball, too – you know, with, with throws that are down the field or outside the numbers, I mean, he loses control of it a lot. So, yeah, he was uh, not my favorite. I think he's more towards the, the later part of the, the draft. All right, two more questions team-specific here. My Detroit Lions are in the mix, maybe for a quarterback now. I said at the beginning of the offseason, I go, I don't want him to take a quarterback. Jared Goff's the guy. they got to beef up the defense. Well, mm-hmm. they have beefed up the defense in free agency. Yeah. And especially their secondary. And so And you do have two picks in the first round. Melcher twenty three says, make the case for the Lions to grab a quarterback with their number six pick, even if they have to trade up. The highest pick ever from a defending Super Bowl champ falls in your lap on the way up the contending ladder. Don't let an adequate quarterback keep you from drafting what could be a game changer. I I, I don't disagree with that. I think they they need to think about this. You know, and then just think about along with that, I think in the process, it's just how sold are we on, you know, Jared Goff? Is he definitely the future? Is he definitely the guy, right? Definitely the present, I think. Definitely the present, right, right. But do we think more than the next year, right? That's where they're going to have to come. Because if they're not, then that's where you might have to think about, wait, wait, yeah, it's good, we're dealing to deal with this, but, ooh, we see a lot of potential for Hendon Hooker. Oh, hey, he's got a torn ACL. This is a perfect situation for him. Golf can play. He can heal, and he can come along that way. Yeah, I mean, that 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 makes sense to me in that way. But, yeah, I could see them being a secret, under the radar, you know, doing their due diligence here. And if one of these guys that they fancy falls to them, I wouldn't be shocked to see that happen. Or even what is the second pick they got in the first round? Pick 11 or 12? 18. 18? Well, that could be the area, too, where the Hendon Hooker conversation comes in. And you start to go, oh, well, we're sitting here at 18, and he's there? Okay, we're going with him. I, I could see that. Blue and Silver 8 said that exact same thing. He goes, is Hooker at 18 for Detroit a stretch? I don't think so. So you say, I don't think so. I, 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 I think, I mean, Hendon Hooker, for me, is a top half of the first-round pick. I mean, I know, again, I don't know how people are going to view the ACL and the age thing, you know, but – 
But quarterback ACL, that's not really a huge concern for me. Yeah. You know, in the year of 2023, uh, I, that would be an awesome move. So how about the Falcons, too? Because where do they pick in the first round? Where They're are they? seven. They're seven. Yeah. Swish B says, am I crazy for thinking Atlanta is a match made in heaven for Anthony Richardson? <laughs> no, you're not. I, I think about that all the time. You, you remember me early in the offseason. I kept thinking Atlanta maybe would be one of those teams that makes a play for Lamar Jackson. Mm. One, the style of play would make sense for Anthony Richardson. We know Atlanta, they want to run the ball, play Tennessee, Mike Vrabel-type football. Oh, shit, now we got to worry about, you know, Anthony Richardson's ability to run the ball too? And oh, shit, now he's throwing lasers to Kyle Pitts and Drake London? Damn, we're in a little bit of a bind here as a defense. It, it, uh, you're not crazy. You're not at all. And again, too, you know, you don't, you might, you don't need them right away. If you got Desmond Ritter there, you know, he's he's played a little bit and he played a lot in college to where, okay, he can hold down the fort for a little while. I don't look at Desmond Ritter as being their long-term answer. I don't know how they feel about that. Obviously, they feel good about it right now. But, man, Anthony Richardson's style of football play, and like I said, it's Atlanta. It's the capital of black people, African-American people. And I've told you my experiences there. One, I've heard through the grapevine that Arthur Blank would love to have an African-American quarterback. Yeah, it makes sense, right? Sells tickets, you know. But, hey, a lot of the fans are black. It excites them, certainly. Mm -hmm. And, man, Ahmed, one of my coolest times ever as a pro was in that stadium in Atlanta and when Michael Vick was the quarterback. Oh, man. I mean, that place was buzzing. It was amazing. They had a DJ in the third row playing songs. And you were like, damn, am I at the club or am I playing a football game? This is awesome. I mean, this is pregame I'm talking about. When the game started, you knew it was a game. But, yeah, yeah. yeah that's what the, a guy like Anthony Richardson could add that element to the Atlanta area where I think they're starving and they want that kind of guy there to be the head of their football team. How is Anthony different or the same as Michael Vick? I mean, listen, Michael Vick, the dog thing, hurts my heart. All right? Yeah. I don't mean to even go there. Yeah. If you – Took that away. Michael Vick is one of my favorite people ever, ever. Me and Mike are like, he would tell you, we're buddies. We've been two peas in a pod, right? I don't disagree with that situation and whatever he did there. I think it's a deeper subject, too, though, than people want to give it credit for at times. Um, but what I, I think they both, I don't know Anthony Richardson, but seems charismatic, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. Seems like he can get, he's the kind of guy that can get people to follow him just like Michael Vick could, you know? And then has transcendent ability that if you just show work ethic and it's going in the right direction, everybody wants to jump on the bandwagon and be with you, right? And that's what with Michael Vick, it was like, holy shit, his arm. Holy shit, he can run. Holy shit, both together, and he loves football, and he's a good guy, and he's, you know, tough. And, and I see some of those qualities with Richardson, Yeah, you know. And then, like I said, if he's willing to work and he shows he can learn and pick up things in a hurry, then I wouldn't be so worried about, you know, hey, on film in this game, his eyes weren't in the right spot, and I wish he would have get off this receiver a little quicker, all that. You know, again, that, that stuff can be fixed. Michael Vick's so fun to watch. Oh it was like when he gosh. was about to take off, just the, oh, the feeling in the stadium what? and watching on TV, you're just like, oh, my God. It'd be third and 19, and I'd be biting my nails going, yeah. we're not going to stop him. <laughs> yeah. He's going to throw a laser? 
Oh, no, he's running. It's worse. He's running. Yeah. Are we going to tell? Oh, he only got 18. Yeah. Oh, gosh. We're gonna, I think they're going to punt. Are they going to punt? Okay. Yeah, they're going to punt. Thank you. Just God. one of those players like Justin Fields last year where it makes other players who are also very fast look like they're running in slow motion. It was insane. Yeah. Insane. And I was playing for the Bucks, and we had one of the fastest defenses in football and played Tampa, too, where everybody's eyes were on them at all the times, and you still couldn't stop them. All right, so that is it. That is, that it. is a look at the – a deeper look. Deeper look. At your top, which AMA, are actually six quarterbacks. Ask me anything from the homies. Hey, homies out there that I was a little tough on some of your questions. Yeah. Hey. Kurt Warner. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think he's one of the homies. But, I, I hey, listen, I, I don't know. I just wear my heart on my sleeves at times, and I just tell it how it is. I hope you didn't take any of that personal – people who were telling me about certain pressures and issues that way. Uh, it's not personal. It's not. Um, I've worked hard at this. I've done a lot of research and studied it all. So, yeah, I'm pretty uh, adamant about some of my thoughts. Uh, but don't want to deter anybody from listening or sending in no, questions. No, no. I hope I not. I think they like that. It's an honor. All it's right, like good, you bestowed good. upon a homie, good. like getting clapped at. All right, you good. Know, the clap back. Yeah, the clap back. Okay, cool. All right, well, you know where to find us. We'll be back Monday. Wide receiver time. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. The list just keep cranking out. <laughs> it's the list time of the year, but you know where to find us. Subscribe, rate, review. Monday, we will cons- continue with the wide receivers. We got DBs next week. We're going to continue to crack through all positions in the NFL, along with staying up to date on all relevant NFL news. Ahmed, you the man. Way to go today. Thanks for driving the ship. Morgan, way to go. Sound, Morgan was great today. She smiled and laughed at some of my jokes, so I felt better about myself. <laughs> live All studio right. reaction. Yes, live studio reaction. Everybody be good. Have a good rest of your week. Safe weekend. We'll see you Monday. Peace out. Clap it up. Clap it up.